Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello. It's the 18th of August. This is the COB. I'm Nadine Blaney. I'm here with Annette Beecher, and this is the stuff you need to know about, well, pretty much reporting season with a little bit of RBNZ thrown in. Uh, and we'll throw in some Aussie wages. I think 20-odd companies had dropped by about lunchtime. It was a head oh, spinner of a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, really, it was really good fun around here, though. Um, look, we spoke with plenty of CEOs. Really interesting themes coming through. Uh, price inflation. Uh, you know, I talked to Don May. Actually, that interview is available via the show notes, who's Domino's CEO. And that, you know, contrary to the wages data that we got today, he said that they are bracing for a dramatic rise in wages, saying it's an efficiency war. Obviously, he's talking about deliveries and just the sheer number of human beings needed yep. to deliver product, not just pizzas, obviously, but, you know, product. Um, and I spoke with Fletcher Building CEO in New Zealand. He's talking about the difficulty in finding people, but it just didn't translate into wages. It's it's not coming. You can say the about wages and inflation for the June quarter were just stone dead. So uh, you know the RBA is waiting for its upside surprise. Well, it's certainly not not getting one. Uh, if and in fact the public sector wages crashed to a record low, so the wage freezes there in the public service is certainly coming through. So it was just roundly a disappointing report. The we've been talking about NAB survey screaming for people skilled and unskilled, like just looking for labour. It's a huge capacity constraint on delivering what you are paid to deliver, and yet the official data isn't there. So is it one of those things where you know you? Pull on the elastic band and one day it snaps back. But at the moment, the data is not confirming the anecdotes at all. Really interesting. I mean, is it usually such a laggard? It's well, we've never seen a supply constraint like it. Uh -huh. In certainly in my lifetime, I've been sort of studying economics for ages and then monitoring, of course, the real thing. And I've just never seen a supply constraint like it. You can't get freight. You can't get shipping. Uh, the great graphic I think I saw on Bloomberg, like the 150 boats sitting off China waiting mm -hmm. to be filled. It's all trickling down and it will be inflationary, just not yet. And then we add COVID on top of that. And COVID in New Zealand, just a few cases, and I'm not negating the health impact or the lockdown or anything else, but just a few cases enough to, in, in your opinion, correct me if I'm wrong, derail the RBNZ from hiking rates as they were about to today. They were going to. They, it was fully priced for 25. It was even priced for a risk of 50, depending on how gutsy you are. I mean, they are. They should be the envy of central banks around the world. They've met all of their targets, whether it's CPI target, maximum employment target, and of course they've exceeded their house price inflation target by a wide margin. And yet, yes, that snap seven-day lockdown. Lockdowns are different in. Uh, 
New Zealand, you just don't leave your house, nobody. You can't even get yeah. vaccinated. It's very different. And essential workers aren't takeaway coffee baristas or anything oh, of no, the like. They are hospital workers, fire police pretty much it yeah no they're they're a lot stricter there and of course the first question of why have you done this what are the risks and her answer was Australia we are unfortunately a carry card for soft lockdowns do not work when it comes to the delta variant look at the Aussie dollar huh well that's a the Aussie and the Kiwi dollars are low that's that's a good thing for both it means that policy doesn't have to be directed at the currency uh, and even though both the RBNZ and the RBA have said fiscal policy will do a better job of managing uh, this crisis as it unfolds but yes the RBNZ uh, did decide to wait they meet again in October and again in November there's plenty of time to catch up if you need to. Speaking of fiscal policy I had a chat with Con Michalakas from Statewide Super to end the session and he was saying look um, the federal government is going to time further fiscal stimulus so that it lands in pockets pre-Christmas at that time vaccination rates will be up mm-hmm. and they can take credit for saving Santa Claus yeah it's worked before all of us in the business knows you go hard and go households when there are free checks they are spent because no one can tell you where to spend them but the history tells you that one-off checks tend to be spent and I think once we get through this COVID crisis people are vaccinated and back working you are more likely to spend when it's just a pure windfall. So that could stop us getting this recession that everyone's banding about because recession impacts confidence, which won't get you to spend. And, uh, you know, call me cynical, a year and a half into a pandemic. (laughs) But, I mean, that's a long time between drinks for a lot of people who've not been working for the past eight weeks in a meaningful way in Sydney and haven't had the same level of fiscal support that we did have through JobKeeper. And the question becomes, why hold back? You know, wouldn't, again, wouldn't you rather do more quicker than wait longer i'd be writing checks now yeah yeah whatever whatever system worked for job keeper or tax benefit a or b whatever software of choice get the dollars out there now because people have rent to pay they're trying to some businesses are trying to keep workers on their books because you can't get good workers mm-hmm. in this going back to our first conversation going, <laughs> circling back to where we yeah exactly where we kick this off so it's it's a tough one and I've, i'm of the view of nail my colors to the mask qe does not fix a covid crisis the rba should just step away yep Okay, so let's go right back back to where we started, in fact, which was uh, reporting season in the equity market. We did see the XJO close down by a tenth of a percent. 7,502 was the final figure, in case you're not across that uh, particular just yet. Um, in terms of reporting season... Look, big market moves coming from some. We saw ProMedicus putting on close to 16%. Our interview with the CEO is up online. Domino's Pizza up by 7%. Those are real standouts. Fisher & Paykel, uh, Deterra Resources looking really good. CSL, though, proving a big weight on the market overall. It was down by 1.7%. I ended the day with a chat with Ben Clark from TMS Capital. It's online now. You can listen to his reason for still buying CSL, he's a very, very happy holder and uh, he walks you through the result and why he doesn't think all is lost in terms of CSL. And that brings us, Annette, to BHP. I mean, BHP, I was a bit surprised at 
about mm. the you know the extent of the selling yeah, that big, happened today. Big sell off there. Given that BHP is doing what it planned to do under Mike Henry, which was move down the sustainability path, you obviously have to offload oil and gas in order to meet that sort of ESG criteria. But I was just reading that it's a bit of an arbitrage, given that they're delisting from the uh, the FTSE that there is a arbitrage opportunity mm-hmm. there. So this is just fancy trading. It's nothing to do with the outlook for BHP as an entity post uh, Woodside. Yeah, that's what I got this morning just when I mentioned that it was down 8% in London. So yeah, it's to do with that simplification of that listing structure in um, in London because, you know, it was a really good result to really good dividend coming through, moving to nickel. It clouds in what was way. a good... P- Good yeah. report, yeah. And Potash as well. And we had a chat with the CFO, David Lamont. That is up online if you'd like to have a listen to where and how BHP is looking to focus going forward. It was also the stock of the day. So Kashi sat down with Henry Jennings from Marcus today, Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial, virtually, of course. Here's what they had to say about BHP and Woodside. Sums up reporting season. There's a, a, an awful lot going on here with BHP. Um, obviously, they have their results, but in and around all of that, uh, they're exiting the petroleum part of their business. They're entering potash. They're now spending, I think, about half a billion dollars in unifying their 20-year-old dual listing. In some ways, it might be driven by ESG. That could be definitely a catalyst to it. Um, but the fact is that the energy assets are one of the few growth assets that BHP have. They will end up with a fair amount of cash out of this. And look, neither of them are buyers at this point. This is a transformational deal. This is out with the old and in with the new to some extent. BHP is shedding its oil and gas assets, as you say, and moving into nickel and moving into potash and to stamp their ESG credentials and to stamp their intent in becoming a 21st century company rather than looking back at 20th century fossil fuels is a significant, very significant move for the company. Um, I'm going to wait to see how the dust settles on this one. They're both probably a hold at the moment. So that is a take on uh, BHP and Woodside Petroleum. You can listen to that uh, that program actually in its entirety online or in podcast format if presumably you like your podcasts, <laughs> which I'm going to hope that you do if you're listening to this one. And we do thank you for your support. And if you subscribe to the newsletter, don't forget, we've got a little bit of an incentive if you refer us to your friends. Uh, prize pool worth as much as $10,000, $5,000 in a self-wealth trading account. We just want to grow our circle. We love what we do. We love doing it. We hope you love it too. And uh, we'd like to get more people on board the Ausbiz train. Let's put it that way. Um, Annette, FOMC Minutes tonight. It is. People will be delving into sort of the the weight, as we know, the weight of debate. It was 50-50 for a while, yes or no. Uh, We need the doves over. The the truly dovish need several more payrolls reports before they're on board. So it'll just get a – the the dial is moving. We'll just get an idea of how far we've come. Yep, and we do have a couple other data points out as well. Housing starts expected to dip again as the residential construction market – 
has to grapple with elevated input costs, affordability yeah. metrics, and it's hard to find workers in the States as well. Yeah. July building permits are out. So insights into the U.S. economy. Because, Annette, the data has been stop and start. That retail sales read was nothing to write home about. It was nothing flash. Uh, either it is the COVID uncertainty or it's the stimulus checks fading. Mm-hmm. Take take your pick. But Unemployment either, benefits Either way, off. yeah, it's, it's not a – no matter what the reason is, it is what it is unless there's massive revision. It's not a great start to Q3 estimates. Mm-hmm. So that that is why we need to sit up and take notice. Is it a one-off and we come back? Or is it the new normal without um, big stimulus checks supporting the consumer? Okay. Well, we'll learn what uh, what a little bit more of the Fed is thinking uh, in tomorrow's morning's session. We will uh, look forward to seeing you then. And lots of reports as well. And we got... Aussie employment. Yes, of course. The market range is plus 20 to minus 90. You can drive a Mack truck through that one. So 11.30, I'll be covering that live. All right. We look forward to tomorrow. Thanks for listening. See you, Annette. See ya.